Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. It's a pleasure to have you here with us, friend. And I first met Dominic Winfrey. I'm trying to remember. I think you had just graduated high school mm-hmm. and were about to start college. Is that right? That was right. That's How right. long ago has that been? Oh, my goodness. I graduated high school in 2011. I was about to start college. And, yeah, so <laughs> about 2011. <laughs> yeah. Your pastor, Tony Wade, mm-hmm. and his sweet wife, Felicia, they just wanted to... Talk about what God had done in your life, Mm -hmm. how he had uh, just directed you in some incredible ways, Dominique. You're like a trophy for Christ. I mean, everyone who has been redeemed Mm -hmm. and is a child of God, they might not see it, but they are that person too, aren't they? Right. They are. They really are. I saw on Facebook where you have written your first ebook. Yes. So, Very excited about so it. So that's one of the reasons that I, I wanted to get together. And as we're recording the show today, it is raining right yes, now. Yes, it is. And it reminds me of a Facebook post that someone wrote recently <laughs> that said, So I'm getting out of my car to walk into a meeting and a car driving past sprays me with water from the road. I'm soaked from the waist down, standing there with my arms held out to the side in disbelief. A gentleman who appeared to be living on the curb across the street said, you'll be all right. Shake it off. Shake it off. You remember those words? I remember those words. <laughs> like was it you. was yesterday. That, it was yesterday. Wasn't <laughs> it was a couple of days before or something like that. That was me. That was me. Yeah. So I'm getting out of my car and I see this car coming and I'm like, Lord, I know they're going to slow down. And so because I'm already in the motion. I, by the time I wouldn't have had time to get back in my car to close yeah, the door. Yeah. So I'm just like. The courteous thing to do is slow down. Like, you see this big puddle of water. They sped up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they really did. They were just being mean. They were just being mean. Maybe they were having a bad day. And so they sped up, and like you see on the movies, it just sprayed out. Like, oh I was just, my. like, soaked. I had on a blue suit, thankfully. Oh. And so I'm standing there. I'm like, what in the world? I didn't even know what to think. I, I wasn't mad immediately. I just was I was caught off guard. Yeah, you were. <laughs> and the guy across the street, he's just looking at me. He was like, you'll be all right. Shake it off. And I just was like, you know what? You're right. I guess what you'll need to do is get you a, a rain suit. Or I need something. one. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. One. Totally. Well, we mentioned the new ebook that you've got out. We want to talk about that strength for the weary. Yes. But I kind of want to back up a little bit for those who are just now meeting you for the first time. All right. And talk about where you were in life prior to age 14, growing up, and what was life like for Dominic Winfrey at that time? My mother had me at a really young age. She had me at 14 years old. Uh, My mother's great. Um, But at that time, she could only do what she could do. You know, she was a kid herself. You know, she had me when she was in the eighth grade. At that time, it was really hard. I grew up with my grandmother primarily, um, uncles and cousins. But the community that I lived in most of the time was heavily drug-infested, gang-infested, no father present. I originally thought my father was incarcerated for a murder charge and was supposed to be there 26 years, but turned out later he wasn't my father. And so in that community... I fell victim to my circumstances. You know, I fell victim to drug life. I fell victim to gang life because I thought that's what I had to do. You know, I thought that's how I was supposed to survive. And then, you know, when you don't have a stable, structured family household, you begin, you know, the enemy begins to plant a lot of seeds in your head. Like no one loves you. No one cares, which, you know, looking back, I could say that that was a lie. But at that time, that's what I felt. You know, at that time, I felt alone. At that time, I felt that I didn't have anyone. You know, I just began to act out of that and act in, you know, rebellious ways. And so because I wanted a father so bad, I, a lot of my anger was toward men, you know, so I would act out toward authority figures who would who were men because I, 
ultimately wanted them to embrace me. So it just spiraled um, out of control. Maybe in middle school, I received over 32 suspensions. It really got bad for you in school because there was no public school that would let you come in their doors. No, no. I got an indefinite suspension. I went to pupil services, and I remember him saying, you will not go back into the Memphis City school system. You will either graduate from a charter or from a alternative school, or you'll get your GED. I was wreaking havoc. A lot of fights, a lot of disrespect toward authority. You know, teachers couldn't. Well, I wasn't the one to disrupt class, but if things went south, I would definitely. You were part of it. Yeah, Yeah. I was a part of it. Um, just, Just a lot of anger, a lot of rage during that time. And so there was this point that you met Pastor Tony Wade and we talked about, and it was a community center that uh, you were hanging out with, and he was coming over and ministering to youth, I believe? Yes. So there's a community center. I would go there and play basketball often. And really, I met him when I was really young, maybe about 10, because I played on his uh, club crossover basketball team. But at that time, um, my family, we moved a lot. You know, we we moved a lot. So he was never able to consistently um, work with me. And so one day I met the community center and he's there and he's like you know how much Jesus loves you and I'm just like I don't want to hear all of that you know yeah, yeah. you know then you know the typical hurt broken kid response well if Jesus loves me why is this going on oh. why is this going on you know and, and he would just be like okay you know and he would never press the conversation and so him and his wife his wife Felicia so every day I would come to the community and play basketball and they would constantly tell me you know Jesus love you like we care about you they yeah, would try to hug yeah. me and I was just like oh, no yeah. you know yeah. and so and eventually one day it just weighed on me and I yeah. decided to give my life to Christ my exact words were I'm gonna give this Jesus thing a try <laughs> you know and I've been trying Jesus since then it's changed <laughs> um, your life it's changed my life um, at that point I was kicked out of school so I was an alternative school and um, they helped me get into a charter, a local charter school in the community. Ended up graduating with honors, ended up getting a full ride scholarship to University of Memphis, went to University of Memphis Law School, <laughs> now, <laughs> graduated. Are you working with the mayor right now? I am working with the mayor, Chevy County Mayor Lee Harris. Yeah, I saw that he recently had a position for you. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with in the mayor's so office? So I'm a mayor fellow, so I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> what did uh, they tell you? <laughs> right. It's been great. You know, I've learned a lot. It's really helping develop me in my professional capacity and so i i'm I'm grateful hallelujah yes it is god the transforming power of jesus christ it's that gospel power that changes brokenness yes that love that you were looking for Mm -hmm. we all try to fill it with the wrong kind of love right right like i tried to fill mine with weed and you know sometimes drinking with friends and mind you i'm a kid i'm 13 12 at this time and so i filled it with violence fighting and running the streets but none of it worked that story gets repeated often in Mm -hmm. the streets of our city right it does it does a lot of kids you know um are dealing with the exact same thing and so whenever i have the opportunity to share my story and share how i've been able to overcome and share that you can make it with other kids like i'm I'm always elated to do so the book strength for the weary this ebook you just wrote what prompted you to write this book as I just shared my story, I gave my life to Christ when I was 14. So I've been in ministry since I was 14. And I think a lot of people think ministry is easy just because. Can can we stop (laughs) a second? Because I think that's so unique and special that you recognized at 14 years old that you were in ministry, Mm -hmm. and which is largely attributed to your pastor, I know. Yes. The ministry that he has. Yes. Because sometimes we think when we come to Christ, you know, the ministry is the pastor or those who serve in the church. 
here you are, a 14-year-old girl, and you realize that you've got ministry. Right. So my pastor um, does a very good job at explaining to us that, like, we're the church. And we, if, once we give our life to Christ, like, we have a duty. And, and that, you know, and we're in ministry. It doesn't have to be the fivefold. It doesn't have to be preaching yeah. or, you know, you any of the gifts that uh, the Bible lays out. But, you know, every day we have, you know, we have that obligation to carry the kingdom with us. Yeah. And so, uh, so, yeah, I realized at a young age that my life was ministry. Um, my life was the kingdom. <laughs> and so I wrote the book because I just wanted to talk about a few things that I feel aren't talked about often, like the different struggles, the different trials, you know, how you get tired and and it's not necessarily a thing of you want to go back to old ways no. or you want to go back to sin. It's just you're just tired. You're just like, God, I am trying the best I can and I can't seem to get over this hump or yes. I can't seem to get past this wall. And so that, those are the things I want to talk about. And there's that verse in the Bible that says, let us not grow weary in well doing, which yes. I think is kind of the foundation. Why is it you think, Dominique, that we find it hard to keep on the street to well-doing? Well, I think it's hard because it's rare. And because it's rare, you know, that you often feel alone, which is which is not um, necessarily accurate. There are a lot of people who are doing well, but a lot of times during that time, you feel like you're the only one. You feel like you're the only one putting forth that effort. And when things aren't going the way that you expect them to go while doing that, right. you get tired because you're like, God, am I doing this in vain? Am I doing it right? You know, you start asking all of these yeah. questions that yeah. begin to yeah. weigh on yeah. you. It inspired me to write this. Well, what causes you to become deflated, weak, tired, and, and losing maybe a little bit of the passion while serving Christ? I think there's this misconception that when we give our life to Christ, everything is going to be great and yeah. amazing. And God's going to perform all these miracles, which he can, yes. you know, he absolutely can. But I think we forget the aspect that we have to deal with life, that we face a real adversary and we have to deal with it head on. And so, you know, I deal I sometimes deal with the youth ministry at our church with some of the kids. And a lot of the things they say are like, you know, Miss Dominique, it's just it's just not working. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not working? You yeah. know, you have to continue to work out your salvation yeah. daily. Like you have to let con us contend for the faith. Let right? us contend for the faith. Like yes. we have a real adversary who does yes. not want us to see it through. So we are constantly attacked in our yes. faith. We're constantly, yes. you know, things are constantly hit at us to make us think that the word is not true yep. or that what God said was a lie. And, that, and that's intentional from the enemy, you know, for us to feel that way. But that's why we have to continue to contend. And that's why I'm like, there is strength for the weary. Like, you, we have to keep going. You know, Hebrews 11 is considered a faith chapter, you yes. know, and we hear in there the great exploits, these men of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But if you stop mm -hmm. reading in the first maybe eight or nine verses, you'll get that picture of faith. Mm -hmm. But as you read on, you see some were sawn in twos, some were thrown to the lines. Right. There's no guarantees because we trust Jesus Christ that we've got automatic smooth selling ticket to heaven, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the idea. That's what people think. It's like, it's like, no, we have to believe and contend for our faith to the end, regardless of what the circumstances say, regardless as to what it looks like. Saying, Jesus, I accept you to my heart is not the golden ticket to the natural life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and Dominique, because of the kind of background you come from, is it easy for you to maybe sometimes forget where Christ has brought you to to get to where you are right now? Absolutely. I think it's absolutely true. Like I tried to fill mine with weed and, you know, sometimes drinking with friends. And mind you, I'm a kid. I'm 13, That's 12 right. at this time. And so I filled it with violence, fighting and running the streets, but none of it worked. That story gets repeated often in mm -hmm. the streets of our city. 
city, right? It does. It yeah. does. A lot of kids, you know, um, are dealing with the exact same thing. And so whenever I have the opportunity to share my story and share how I've been able to overcome and yes. share that you can make it with other kids, like I'm, I'm always elated to do so. I can just be really transparent and share this. So I, I took the bar and I didn't pass it. I was devastated. I was like, God, what? You know, why'd you bring me here? What happened? Like, you know, this was supposed to yeah. be a testament to everybody and all of these things. And, and and I remember getting the reality check. I remember very vividly going to my pastor and just breaking down crying like God. Yeah. Like I, I was just telling him, I was like, I don't understand. And he was like, you don't understand what? Like, girl, you graduated law school. Right. You, have you <laughs> forgotten right. what you overcame? Yes. He was like, and you could take the test again. That's he right. was like, That was just your first attempt. Yeah, that was my first attempt at that time. And so he was like, and you could take the test again. He was like, what? Like, and, I mean, he, he embraced me. Like, he understood where my emotions were coming from. But that reality check is what I needed. It was just yeah. kind of like, consider everything that you've overcome, you know, and you can't forget that when now you're at this place in life and you expect it to look yeah, a yeah. certain way. Well, you say in your book, so often in ministry, we feel we have to maintain a certain image. Talk about that certain image you're talking about. Right. So I think sometimes um, in the church we can lack vulnerability because we feel like if we do show that we're hurting or we're tired, that we're less of a Christian. We're weak. You know, we're not praying hard enough yeah. or we don't have enough faith. Especially if you're in leadership, you really see it more often. Yeah. Now, you know, leaders do have to be careful because you're leading others and you don't want to encourage them to do certain things. But, you know, you have to find your circle that you can actually be vulnerable with and really tell them where you are yeah. and, and know that it's OK, that they're not thinking you're about to go off the cliff or, <laughs> you know, yeah. that you know, you're about to backslide or something yeah. like that. But you're really just saying, I'm at this point and I need my family. And there's times we look at especially Old Testament examples of those. Elijah, others who got discouraged. Sometimes I feel that we, as the body of Christ, think the idea of Christian is one that never complains, that never goes through anything, that's just strong all the time. There's just like this super saint that's just like, I'm full of faith 100% all the time, every day. You can be full of faith and still recognize, God, I need you more right now. This is real. This is real. Uh, you believe it's important in your life to have someone that you can talk to without the fear of being judged. Yes. Yes. I think it's necessary. And I, and I do think we have to be careful because I think there's two sides of the spectrum here. You have some that talk to people that are just share anything with everybody. And it's like, you can't do that, yeah, you know, because yeah, some people yeah. are not mature right. enough to handle yes. what you may be able to tell them. And then you need the people that you can talk to where you can just go through and just say like, Hey Byron, today I am feeling defeated. You know, I'm feeling like I can't do this. Yeah. And you you know, and I know that Byron's not going to come back and be like, you know what, Dominique is, I think she's falling off of the faith. You know, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. but you understand the moment I'm in. Giving you're you at, a safe space. Right. Yeah. Giving me that safe space. And then we're yeah. able to move on right. without feeling like, oh, I got to go back and tell him that I'm okay. And that I, you know, so. Yeah. What would Paul do without Timothy? Barnabas, right. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they did that exact same thing. Something else you talk about is journaling. And how have you seen that help? I 
journal more down days than I used to um, because sometimes I just can't verbally articulate what I'm feeling. Yeah. And so I just have to start writing it down. You know, in the moment you're trying to explain it to somebody, you forget something, you forget an important part, and then you leave and you're like, man, what I meant to say, I think they got the wrong message from what I was trying to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah. I was really trying to. So I just write. It just feels so good to just get it out and yeah. know that God hears me yeah. and that God sees where I am yeah. and I can just leave it right there. I don't need to talk to anybody because I've released it. Something else I really like about your book, I've noticed that after each chapter, you have a prayer. Yes, because I, I, I think, honestly, when you're weary, that's the most important thing, praying and worship. Just yeah. really spending that time with the Lord, like, that's the number one thing for me that helped me through my weary season. When I just would pray and worship, like, God, I need you, yes. you know, and just that vulnerability with the Lord. And so that's what I was trying to drive home with it, like, getting people to recognize each phase and things that they may go through that may let them know why they're hitting that wall. You know, yeah. really what you're feeling is this, yeah. and yeah. this is how you can overcome it through prayer. Dominic, I noticed in Chapter 2 you talk about keeping your heart pure. Yes. Do you find that when you're weary, the most temptation to stay pure is even more challenging? Yes, I do. I think when you're weary, it's easy for you to start complaining. And once you start complaining, it's easy for bitterness to start getting in your heart. It's easy for you to open yourself up to start viewing things different and have a a negative perspective about ministry or about leadership or about all of these things when really you're just tired. You just need to to step back, take a break, recognize where you are and deal with it. Letting the root of bitterness come in. Yep. That's part of not being pure, right? Yeah. I've seen so many people get out of position because they've let their heart get bitter toward you know leadership or just toward the church as a whole right and now they've stepped away because they were just tired because they felt unappreciated because they were really working hard and feel like no one noticed like at those moments you have to step back and you have to just deal with that head on and keep your heart in the place you know and recognize like i'm serving unto the lord and that's it and when that becomes too hard for you 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 know you're like i need some some man affirmation you have to recognize yes. that and you have to take the measures and deal with that properly well you also talk about finding balance which can be challenging i know how do you find balance in your ministry so it was hard uh, especially when I first gave my life to Christ because I felt like I owed Christ so much, you know, and I was like, anytime the church opened, I wanted to be there. Everything we did, I wanted to do early on. I began to get a lot of frustration from my family because they were just like, well, we're having this event. I'm like, nope, got to go to church, you know, and I did that so repetitively that um, I noticed that they started to kind of despise church a little bit because I never spent any time with them and everything I did was centered around the church. But as I grew and matured a little bit, the Lord just began to to teach me like you can have balance, like you can serve me 100 percent and also care for the people that are around you and love the people around you because that draws them even more when they're able to see like, oh, Dominique really loves, you know, loves the church, loves God. Like now I spend a lot of time with my brothers every weekend. I'm with them and I'm going to all of their games. Now they don't mind coming to church because they're like they don't feel like I put it above them because wow. sometimes people don't understand ministry. They just know church. Yeah. And so they're like, she's always at that church. And you're doing ministry by hanging out with them. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that ministers to them, you know. And so now when I'm saying, hey, let's go engage in the things of God. Let's go soul winning. Let's go worship together. They're like, OK, because I do the things that they enjoy with them. And so now we're able to mutually come together. (laughs) Okay. You also talk about finding a place to regroup and refocus. And what particularly do you do to do that? 
sometimes I have to just get away. If I can't go out of town and find that place, I will just find a quiet space in my home. I'll put my headphones on, listen to my favorite worship, or sometimes um, I listen to people who just speak the language that I need right then. Like, um, for example, right now, I listen to my pastor, and I listen to Bill Winston because he talks a lot about faith and overcoming mountains and, yeah. you know, possessing the land. And so and, and that encourages me. Yeah. And so I just find my space, put my headphones on, and, you know, be intentional about spending that time with myself, even if it's just 30 minutes or an hour, and that's all I have. I like what you say about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit carefully listening to his direction you use the term guard your gates what do you Mm -hmm. mean by that so a lot of times we can subconsciously allow things to enter our hearts enter our minds and it begins to shape the way we we view stuff especially when we're and and it's more important when we notice that when we're in a tired and weary season so if i'm tired and if i'm and if i'm going through a lot and if i'm facing a lot and everything that i'm hearing is you know lack or everything that I'm hearing is what, you know, you thought God was going to do and he didn't do. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm hearing someone talk about leadership and, you know, I wish they would have done this different. Those things begin to affect you a little bit more because you're just like, I can't do, I can't fight. You know, because you're just tired. And so now you're not warding those things off. You're just letting it enter you. You went through a season in your life where nothing was going your way, you say. What led you to those specific circumstances? So I'm coming out of those circumstances, uh, but that I, I wrote that, and when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the bar. You know, I was thinking about the series of events that happened after that. I was thinking about, you know, just that whole time frame. And so it just felt like, you know, God, I'm, I've done everything that I feel like you've asked me to do. And now when I'm trying to reach a new level, it feels like I can't do it. And it's just like, God, like none yeah. of this is going my way. Yeah. Then, you know, And so um, that came out of a series of just being tired, you know, just feeling like, you know, you get so excited that you feel like you're deflated. And so, but Holy Spirit is so good to just, it, you know, uh, I was just ministered to throughout yes. that time. And I, so much revelation, so much, you know, process of um, understanding why, right. you know, and just getting a bigger picture. Cause I mean, my character has been developed more than it ever has, you know? And so, so I'm I'm very grateful. That's a great word, Dominique. As I mentioned, you conclude each chapter with a prayer. Mm-hmm. You conclude the book with scripture that you like to meditate on. Because you have to trust that God's word is true and that what he says is never a lie. And so if you really believe that and you really trust it, then you can believe scripture. And when I say those scriptures over my life every day and when I say those things, especially when I'm going through specific things, it brings me encouragement because I'm like, God, you said this, you know, and God, if yes. you said this, yes. it's going to happen. And I believe it's going to happen for me, yes. you know, and, and it's, so I just find wow. strength in that. Like right now, there's a scripture that I pray over myself every day. It's one that Jabez prayed in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. He said, God, that you will bless me, that you will extend my borders, that your hand will be with me and keep me from harm. And that scripture just brings me so much comfort, you know, and so much strength. Because I'm like, God, you will bless me. You will extend my borders. You'll give me a greater capacity, you know, to do the things that I desire to do. Like, you know, your hand is with me. Like, I don't ever have to doubt that. You know, I know that everything that I do that you're with me and I know you'll keep me from harm and harm is not just like physical, but harm is, you know, retaliation or people doing things spiteful against you. Harm is all of those yes. things. And so it just, it just blesses me to start my oh, day with wow. that. Great comfort. Okay. The ebook, uh, strength for the weary, strength yes. for the weary. 
is available right now. How do we get a copy of the book? So you just go on Amazon. It's a Kindle uh, or ebook. So you just go on Amazon, type Strength for the Weary, um, and, it, and it should pop up. Dominique Winfrey, and it's four ninety nine. It's like you said, it's a really easy that's a read. Deal there. Yeah, it's a real, that's a real, that's a real deal. Because I, I didn't want it to be anything stressful for anybody. I wanted to be something people could read in one sitting, and also something that if you order it, you know, you're not like, man, that's a lot. You know, because I well, wanted, really wanted to bless people. I, I think that that's balanced there too, because when you are feeling the weight of being weary you don't want to have a book with you know a thousand pages to read (laughs) right right i don't know if this is a good thing to say over the radio or not but honestly my thoughts when i was writing i said i want people to be able to read this on the toilet yeah. You know how people have books in the back? Yeah. And I said, I want somebody to be able to grab it, sit there, <laughs> I love it. I love and it. just get strength and yeah. encourage me. And they yeah. leave from the restroom and like, man, I am blessed. I'm ready to move forward I now. I <laughs> love it. You got plans to write more? I do. There have been a few people who asked me to write the book about my life story. I plan on writing it soon. It's going to be a little bit more detailed. It's going to take a little longer to write that we one. We should make a movie about that one, right? Hey, we should. <laughs> <laughs> we should. <laughs> But I do plan on writing it. Dominique, if somebody wanted you to come speak to their group, maybe about your book, Mm -hmm. about your life, are you available to do that? I'm available to do that anytime. And how can folks get in touch with Um, you? You can just email me, Dominique, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E, Winfrey, W-I-N-F-R-E-Y, at Ymail.com. So it's just the letter Ymail.com. Dominic Winfrey, God bless you, my dear sister. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for what you do for Christ's kingdom. Thank you for being our guest today. This has been awesome. This has been a treat for me, definitely. I've been looking forward to this. (laughs) I just praise God for the testimony Mm -hmm. that God has brought through your life how he's delivered you, the plans he has for you, and where you are today. I remember you as a high school, freshly out of high school. Here you are at a law school. You're working for the county mayor. Yep. (laughs) And God's doing great things. Praise the Lord. He really is. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on today's program. Please go to Amazon.com. Get the copy of the book, Strength for the Weary. It's $4.99. It's a great e-book by Dominic Winfrey. You will enjoy reading that book. Dominic, again, thanks so much. Thank you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Today's Mid-South Viewpoint is brought to you by Navage. Just think about all the nasty stuff we breathe in every day. You know, the dust, allergens, bacteria, pollen, pollution. You know the things in Memphis here. What are we breathing? Well, if you wash your hands and brush your teeth every day, then why aren't you cleaning your nose to clean out all that junk that's trapped up in there? Let me tell you about this product. If you suffer from allergies, sinus infections, or are worried about what you're breathing in, it's called Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. What's Navage? Well, it's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. People that have suffered from lifelong allergies call Navage a complete game changer. They are breathing more clearly, sleeping better, snoring less and feeling a whole lot better. In fact, 90% of people who use Navage report feeling healthier. Now with cold and flu season just around the corner, why not make Navage part of your daily health routine? Experience what it's like to truly breathe better, sleep deeper, and feel healthier. Go ahead and visit Navage.com. That's Navage.com. Or you can find Navage at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Target. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E.